I don't need to be here for this. Oh, wow. Motherfucker, I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. Riding around in my mom's ride. <laughs> Do you see his face? He's, you know this? So excited now. Who is that? Uh, Spose. He's is it, from. Is uh, it from real? He's Maine. from Maine. He's from Maine. Is he really? Yep. Yeah. It sounds like uh, Andy Sandberg. Sodenberg. Whatever yeah. that guy's name is. Is it Andy? No, yeah. it's not Andy. The guy in um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I know from Saturday Night Live. As Andy Samberg. Andy. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. Welcome back to uh, Three Guys and a Dram. Um, I will do the introductions first because last time I forgot. Uh, My name is Jay. Uh, To my right is Craig. Hello. To my left is Shane. Hello. And we are all just kicking it here, having a good time, uh, faking it until we make it uh, with this podcast. This is a fairly new podcast now because it's our third episode. Tres. Tres. And uh, we are pretty excited about it because we're getting good feedback. We're getting new listeners every day. And uh, it's very interesting to see where this is going considering... Uh, we are learning just as you are as you listen about scotch and also about what goes on in our little pea-sized brains uh, here in the undisclosed bunker in New Hampshire. So what do you guys got? Uh, so we got a uh, Tomatin 12-year single malt. Now, Shane, you've been to this uh, Tomatin distillery. Is that correct? So, yeah, so <laughs> me and my buddy Martin, so we had his family in his car, mine was in my car. We end up driving down through, and he goes, hey, and he, like, calls me on the phone, and he's like, uh, you want to stop by? I'm like, yeah, l- let's hit it. So we pull into Tomatin, and it's this beautiful, like, farm and fields and everything else when you're pulling up and through. Get up in, and it's, I mean, just everything, like, it smells fresh, and it's probably just because it's Scotland and everything else, too, but... Like, we hop out, and I'm sitting there looking at him, and he looks at me, and I'm looking back at the car, and my car's still running. Everybody's still asleep. Nobody knows that I stopped the car. <laughs> I look at his car. Everybody's oh, sleeping I, there. I can see where this is going, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we, at the same time, we're both, like, shutting the door nice and easy not to wake everybody. And then we both, like... <laughs> Like mature adults, we like scurry really quick around the corner. Mm, I can't. I can't picture you scurrying. Actually, I'm sorry, but anyway, go on. It was more of a saunter, running like excited mm. children. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we just ended up walking in. Um, we obviously didn't have enough time to go through and do a tour. Um, probably wouldn't have worked out well for either one of us. Um, <laughs> But, you know, stop, you know what? we stopped in, we walked around, and kind of took a look at everything, and, uh, you know, we ended up doing some photo ops and everything else, and, uh, and we, you know, we headed back to the cars, and everybody's still sleeping. Oh, <laughs> man, you could have done the tour. <laughs> Probably could You could have done the tour. <laughs> and we started heading oh, wow. out, and then everybody in the car woke up, and they're like, oh, well, where are we now? I'm like, oh, we're just heading back out on this road, and... Oh, that's funny. So now when they see the pictures of you guys standing outside Tamat and they're like, hey, wait a minute. I don't remember that. Well, no, when we got out onto the road and then. I when, think, when did we go there? <laughs> I think Marie might have been too tired to be angry at me about it. 
because it was a long drive, like oh, yeah. heading back or down around through. And um, I mean, how many miles are we talking for for that? Like oh, the the whole trip all together. I mean, it must have been oh, I think it was like eighteen hundred miles of driving. Oh my god! Um, and then we end up taking the ferry for a little bit too. But, Dude, that's like driving from here to Florida and back. Like well, that—that's a lot. It was definitely a lot, but like, you know, we we were planning everything out like a day ahead of time, trying to figure out like, because I didn't want to go to the touristy spots. Like, while I was there, I wanted to stay away from other Americans as much as I could. <laughs> well, who can blame you there? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So it was just you know we tr- tried to go to see as many of the different places, and then you know while we're driving, like we're both looking on our phones, be like, oh well, it takes this long to get here, this time to get here. And, you know, we're registering, trying to get in. At the same time, we were trying to get into Doers um, to get in for, like, that their last tour. Mm-hmm. And we started driving down a road, and I'm, I look at my phone, and I'm like, we get a Dalwini, too. So, <laughs> so I text him. I was like, Even more fun for the kids. I was like, Dalwini, <laughs> question mark? And he goes, sure. So we popped in, and it was the same thing. Everybody's still sleeping in the car. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, we just hop out, like, like walk around, take pictures by a bunch of the cast. You did a whiskey like tour with while your family was asleep. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's courtesy. That might be the best it story is. ever. <laughs> that worked out well for everybody, frankly. That's probably very true. <laughs> okay, so what do we have? We've got uh, Tomatin. And it's a 12, you said a 12, single malt. Yeah, so it's a 12-year um, bourbon and sherry cask finish. So, yes, the sherry finish is what uh, is the highlight for me here because traditionally for me, uh, having that sherry cask as a finish really changes everything and makes it um, more pleasant for me. I'm just going to say that right up front. Now, uh, Shane and Craig are doing the uh, rub the, the cork on the hands. Kind of getting some uh, nose in there. So I'm still not very good at this, but it definitely comes off sweet. Definitely. Yeah, very sweet. Like it. Yes. Like heavy nose on it, it's like a lot of vanilla. No. Like it's 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 definitely like staying in my nose and it's yeah, yeah. like very sweet. Oh, that's good. I shouldn't have sniffed all that glue and turpentine. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it too. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I get a little bit hints of vanilla on the second time. I mean,. I just don't have the refined nose as you, you gentlemen. That's for sure. Because <laughs> mm. when you first said tomatin, I look at it and go, oh, tomatin. <laughs> People are cringing right now that know the real name. Well, that's the, uh, true. That's the guy in Scotland that Shane was avoiding that was like, hey, you got any Budweiser? Where, where's the Budweiser? Yeah, Bud Light. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What do you get there, Jay? Oh, it smells good. It really does smell good. It does smell good. I think out of the few we've done so far, this one has the best nose to me. I I would say I'm getting citrus, uh, but that's just me right in this particular moment. Citrus, eh? Yeah, just the... Like... That's the dominant thing for me right now. Like citrus, like orange, like lemon, like... Uh, not a specific citrus, okay. like just a general... <clears throat> now, Shane's getting vanilla, so, you know. So, on the hand, I get a sweet smell, but if I cover the cup and smell what's in it, I do get the vanilla that way. Yep, yep. So. Awesome. 
What do you get if you cover the cup? Same, Shane? Still get that vanilla or... Oh, yeah. Now I'm getting vanilla. Big time. Big time vanilla. Definitely a lot more. Yeah. So with the cork rub, I get Mm. the sweet. It's sort of a nondescript sweet. And then when I cover the cup and take a a trapped sniff, so to Mm -hmm. speak, that's when I get the vanilla. Wow, that's amazing. you're, You're growing. It's like... It's like my proud oh, little boys. Oh, come on now. We're, we're all it's, growing. I have learned so much from Professor Shane. <laughs> Let's not isolate Craig in our ignorance here. This is, uh, this right. is a joint ignorance uh, venture. No, but admittedly, I probably have the <laughs> least experience with scotch and the nose and the taste and the, the, you know, the sherry cask and knowing anything about it. So, so I think we should see that. You seem more excited about this one than a lot of the other ones. So I think definitely we should have you do the taste first. Okay. And that's 12 seconds on the top. 12 seconds. Okay. Because to reiterate, 12 seconds is for the year. Yeah. 12 years, 12 seconds. It's a a rule of thumb. And last last week was Loch Lomond, which was 12 as well, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Here we go. So I love your stories of when you went. Uh, overseas because I I know we're only getting the, the Cliff Notes version and there were a lot of little details that you might not even remember at this point but when you actually go to a place like that different country and you're you know whole different culture uh, everything is different I mean I, the way the air smells is different and the the way the earth smells is different, you know, just when you're traveling, you know, and when you're going out in these wide open fields, you can smell that. It's hard to describe. I mean, sometimes you actually get it in the United States. Like if you go from here and then you go to Maryland, Maryland is all clay. So the dirt, like the air and the dirt and all that just smells different. And you, you smell it right away. Well, like I mean- when... I mean, everybody can relate to like a summer day where it rains and it rains on the grass and the grass is just cut and you get that oh, yeah. earthy, grassy smell. I think everyone can relate to that. So Absolutely. And then you take that smell and totally change it because you're used to that smell where you live. Right. By the geographic location, because, yeah. you know, you're talking about Maryland or wherever else. Mm-hmm. So my 12 seconds, as it sat on my tongue... Last week, if anybody was listening, we did Loch Loman, and it burned, and I could not get over that. That killed just about everything. Hmm. Now, that 12-second just tasting, as it kind of cascaded over my tongue, I got sweetness all on the sides of my tongue. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Which is really cool to feel and sort of taste. I didn't get a burn, mm-hmm. not at all. Smooth, easy, hmm. and as I finished off, there was there. I didn't get any vanilla taste, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm getting it after the fact, after I've swallowed, after I've talked for a while. It's sort of like a later touch. So, so when I when I taste it and when I smell it is. Like just sitting here listening to you yeah. with my mouth closed, yep. exhaling out of my mouth. I mean, I'm sorry, exhaling out of my nose. That's 
Sure. So while I'm speaking, that's where you can really yeah. kind of pick up on some of those really subtle uh, tastes. So go go for your second one. I hate to say it, this is kind of exciting. Like I, <laughs> I I got something going on here. Last week, for the, anybody who listened last week, you know I had a confused palate. I had a confused nose. I was eating crackers. Yeah, we're like hey. I was I was a mess. But this week, man, I feel like I've I've stepped up the game or something or winning or. Well, you had 27 glasses of water before you got here, so maybe that has something to do with it. So have another one and have another sip and then see how that tastes in comparison to what you just described. It's the tutelage from Professor Shane. <laughs> Drink number two. I didn't know this was the Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> so now Shane is putting some water into Craig's three drops of water. And uh, Shane this week even brought a special eyedropper. Uh, which is exciting. It's got a really attractive fluorescent green uh, bulb on it. Uh, just so y'all can draw a picture, you know, in your mind of what's actually happening here. So the reason why this eyedropper is special is because <laughs> Jay... I don't know how far you want to go with that, buddy. <laughs> well, he has a specialized thing for ink. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a really fat looks like something you'd find on the side of the road near a playground. <laughs> yes, it looks like a syringe. Yeah. And we added water the last two podcasts we, we with something that. that looks like a syringe. Yeah. It is not a syringe. No one here does any any illicit drugs. But we decided that maybe the eyedropper was more apropos. <laughs> no, I, I'm more comfortable with the eyedropper. So, second time around, I'm still getting sweetness on the side of the tongue. Getting the vanilla coming up as I talk, as I exhale, as Jay said. And anything that maybe had a little bite is gone. I mean, it is smooth upon smooth. Nice. I will say, out of all the things we've tasted so far, this is king right now. Nice, today. Nice, right now. Nice. Craig is excited. Well, you I know what, like Shane? It. You said earlier on, when we were off air, that uh, Tomatin was a good one. That was... that. It was one of the better ones that you liked. and uh, uh, Yeah, tomato tin. I love it. <laughs> well, it, it was... Right, uh, <laughs> we've been practicing not mispronouncing the name now. I'm doing it on purpose. Yeah, I apologize okay. to the makers. It's Tomatin. Well, Tomatin was the first scotch that I was introduced to um, that I got for a Christmas present years ago from our friend Martin. I, oh, I will yeah. say that... Bravo! This is this is the one to be introduced to because, as I've said in the past few episodes, I don't like scotch. I've always had some sort of issue with it, and if I would have been introduced to this first off, you might have hooked me right away. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I think a lot of it too is everybody just thinks, oh, well, you know, Johnny Walker, you know, that's you know, scotch and just doers and. Because, I mean, a lot of that, that's what we see here. Like, yeah. when people go out. But when you go to the store, and it's like, yeah, this huge selection. And I just keep trying new stuff. I mean, I don't... For, yeah, I, I do that. And for me, it's whatever, whatever's on sale. Like, that's... I, I hate to say it, but that's a big uh, selling point for me. So... So, the Scotch makers, you know, if you're listening to this, when you guys run promotions, uh, they work. Because I'm trying something that I've never tried before, and I'm picking yours over the other one because it's on sale. So, Jay, give yourself your 12-second tasting. 
Yes, sir. Give us. I'm happy to give us your opinions here. And, and by the way, Shane has not done this yet on the podcast, so maybe you should do one too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, I well, I think it's like an excuse for me to like keep drinking more of it. But every time you guys keep doing it, I keep doing it too, anyways. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're just not talking about it. Yeah. Isn't that the antithesis so, of a podcast? I mean, don't you need well, to talk about what you're doing? Over well, that was there? a little bit of my dead. Sp- well, I'm just trying to be more accurate. I mean, you can't talk about everything you're doing because yeah. people should not know. The three frankly. musketeers: you do, I do. <laughs> so, Tomatin on the box here is established in 1897. It's a Highland single malt scotch whiskey bourbon and sherry casks matured in a combination of traditional oak ex-bourbon and ex-sherry casks. Whiskey icon in Scotland. Distiller of the Year 2016 as well as 2017. Jay, you still going? You so, still taste So one thing that was kind of interesting about is that... Uh, oh, wow. Supposedly, on, on like the same site, <clears throat> it said that there was actually... Which is probably an illicit distillery, but started back in uh, the 16th century. Yep. And and from there, um, they did not actually establish themselves, which was probably also because of taxing, until uh, 1897. They ended up going bankrupt in uh, 1906... And then they had a new owner from 1906 to 1986. Wow, 80 and, years. And that was when it was bought out by a Bob. Japanese company. Oh, Japanese again, bought yep. buying the scotch. So do you know what Japanese company happened to buy it? What is it, do you know? It was uh, Takara Shuzo, which is a conglomerate company. Another thing that's interesting with uh, Tamatin is that they actually have 80% of what they make goes toward blends. No hmm. way. And I, I haven't looked into it far enough if they're selling to another company that does blends or if it's just for their own blends, but they do have their own brand blends, which is uh, Antiquary and uh, Talisman. Hmm. Oh, I've heard of Talisman. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've talked about that before <laughs> already, Shane. Talisman. Wow. So you did some homework. Bravo. <laughs> I tried. Bravo. So before we started the podcast, Jay was reading off the box and I have to read this first paragraph and you know you know Jay's laughing because he knows since 1897 there has been a quiet revolution unfolding in the heart of the Scottish Highlands high up amongst the smooth rounded peaks of the Mondolithic Mountains there is no room for the rugged and robust here Patience, a gentle hand, and a passion for purity rule the day. After reading that paragraph, I mean, sex sells, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it has such a sexy sort of rounded peaks and rugged and gentle hand and passion. All these words are... I, I, I don't, ooh, I don't really know. I, I mean, I think somebody got a little carried away. To be honest with you, with the with that, because but really, I mean, if you read that out of context, you wouldn't know what the hell they were talking about. They could be talking about the next uh, romance novel uh, well, by Joan Collins. Well, yes, you know, like it's a, it's just like it's so um, generic. Like it, they could be talking about anything. 
Like it's just they could be talking about a whitewater rafting tour. You know, like it's just weird. I mean, yeah, it's on the back of a scotch box, so you you know, you make the connection. Right, but as we were saying, it has sort of like this sexy um <clears throat> the words in it has this sexiness, but it doesn't really say scotch. Yeah, yeah, you have to keep reading. But is that the point of the first paragraph? If you were to grab this box and you Mm -hmm. knew nothing about scotch and you turned it over and you read this first paragraph, would it hook you in with the gentle hand and passion for purity and, you know? Well, I I think that's subjective. I think some people might be interested to read more. That's the question. Like, is... Would I think it, would per, it suck you in personally for me? Uh, no, no, I'm going to skim the rest of that until I start seeing what it actually tastes like. Okay. And they mentioned something about soft water <clears throat> here. And professor Shane has mentioned that the water of the region is good to put in with the scotch as well. Correct. Yeah, a lot of this distilleries they'll market it and they'll end up having you know another dram with it with a dropper and everything else from what ended up coming out of you know their glen or the barn. Hence, three guys in a dram, dram of water. There you so, go. well, this is Highland, so yeah, that's where the water source is. Yeah, so they're right in uh, Inverness, I believe. And I believe somewhere towards the bottom, Jay, it mentions the soft water of the area, which makes it helps with making the whiskey itself or scotch so it's scotch whiskey right so i'm saying it right it's scotch whiskey have you tasted it after we did the uh three drops of water to see if i opened up or tasted no i have not i have not and yeah yeah, i found i found that would you like to remind people why you put the water in you said open it up yeah so a lot of times you end up doing the water um it's just trying to get it to you get different tastes. I mean, as soon as you start adding water to it and everything else, you know, swish it around, get it moving around. A lot of it's also with the glass, uh, keep it in your hand. The heat of your hand ends up getting it to start opening up a little bit more too. Gets everything like moving around. And sometimes your hand is warmer than uh, other times, depending on what you were doing before. Correct. Right. right. And you know, anybody who's listened to the podcast for the last three episodes. I think it's good to just reiterate these things, you know, so you know. And now that you added the water, this is going to sound slightly weird, but if I smell it, it almost has a slight maple leaf flavor. Not not, not flavor, I'm sorry. So mine smells aroma. So I'm picking up like, like I can say, yeah, maple. It's the sweet. It's the sweet. But it's the bourbon smell. Like I can can definitely like... I can pull like a bourbon smell out of it. Okay, maybe that's the. the but ma- it's definitely it's still like very sweet. Maple and bourbon are maybe dis- that distant cousins. Maybe that's what I'm yeah, getting there. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, to what you were saying about what was on the box about the soft soft water uh, in this idyllic spot, uh, the naturally soft water of the Altna Firth Burn is introduced to tender Scottish barley. Tender. Later, from the tall, slim copper stills of the Tomatin Distillery, a mellow, fruity spirit is born. So, what does it say on the box? Um, I just read the box. No, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> All right, let, let me see the box. It shows how much he listens to you. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> what so, am I doing over here? You said apples and pears, correct? I'm using every uh, cylinder of my brain to read this. <laughs> <clears throat> so that I don't sound like a, an idiot. So what's funny is anybody who's ever done any public speaking or has a podcast must have felt this way when you talk to your friends you're good to go but when you hit that record button there's some ooh nice nice pop nice cork so when when you hit that record button there is some sort of um would you say stress or anxiety because now you're recording and now you're very very much aware of everything you say and sometimes you're so much aware that you trip yourself up yeah yeah, there's a little bit of that definitely I mean you know it's uh, being aware of your ums and your ahs and your pops and your this and, and that. And I just said an uh, so thanks for that, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, I say that a lot, apparently. Uh, uh. Apparently. <laughs> we, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, power of suggestion. I'm See, in your head. Yeah, now, you, now you've made it very clear. Uh, gentle... Maturation in the cool, stable environment found above high above sea level lets the subtle character of this distinctive Highland single malt Scotch whiskey emerge. The use of carefully selected casks ensures that the softer characteristics of the precious spirit are never overpowered. Nice. Anybody have any? Thank you. Thank you for That's that. Very nice. Um, anybody have any? Uh, feedback about that last paragraph. Um, so I had a, gent, I, gentle maturation and softer are in very different fonts, so those are important things. I don't know. I mean, it's it's got a great color. Kind of looks like apple juice to me. Maybe a little bit darker. A little bit darker, mm-hmm. but yes. Um, but I think it looks like apple juice in your glass. Yeah, I think Tavon Twelve is definitely like a win-win. Yeah. No, this is a good one. I think all three of us are uh, in agreement with that. Oh, absolutely! This is unanimous. This is this is a first on three episodes. Unanimous. I'll be darned. My glass is empty. I don't know how that happened. So, I think um, folks should know that we do have a Facebook site. If you want to interact with us, as a, as well as talk to us to say, you know, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like us to try, what you'd like us to review. If there's something that you love to review. And I also just, it popped into my head that maybe at some point on the Facebook page, we should put the four that we have right now, which we did Demotin, we did Loch Lomond, we did Aerostone, and we did Spayburn. So those are listed in the podcast episodes too. Correct. But maybe we should have like a, you know, my favorite one, two, three, four, your favorite one, two, three, four, and just... You know, maybe they're the same. Maybe they're not the same. That's mm-hmm. or maybe put like what actually hit the mark of what they're advertising. Like, I think. Oh, hand, sure. I think hands down what they're saying, what you're getting out of this. Like, I'm I'm tasting every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I can definitely. Oh, I think taste, it's spot on. I yeah. can taste the bourbon. I can taste the sherry, um, the apple, and the pear. And I mean, it's definitely got like a really smooth sweetness. There's, there's no like like weird like bitter aftertaste or nothing else like on oh, the back end of it. It's just very smooth. Absolutely smooth. Definitely. Yeah. No, that, that it's good stuff. I and, like it. And, it. and it wasn't uh, made next to the ocean, so... Well, thank God there's no salt flavor because, you know, 
I'm sorry. For anybody who's just joining in, the first podcast we had, this is a running joke for the last we, three we, oh, the, podcasts. Man, they're, we, they're not going to be happy with us. I'm sorry. Seacask. C- uh, th- yeah, Airstone's not going to be happy because we keep coming back to the salt thing. So go ahead, Craig. Because it says there's hints of salt. No one got that. And we think it's sort of a gimmick. But it was two to one. I actually like the Aerostone sea cask. Well, and you guys were less well, to be fair, impressed by it. To be fair. Now, this... To be fair. Yeah, to, to be, be fair. fair. Well, to be fair. To be fair. Thank you very much. Uh, no, to be fair, for this, for that one, that was our first podcast, and we actually had two uh, different bottles here, Indeed. and we have not done that since uh, by design. Uh, but that first podcast, so the Airstone, um, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was a, a good whiskey. Um, you know, when you read. Uh, what you're supposed to be tasting on the box and you're kind of evaluating that uh, the problem that we ran into is that we started comparing it we started comparing it with Spayburn and Spayburn's a whole different animal folks so when you you know go from one whiskey to another and you start reading the boxes and your palate is getting kind of both you know, taste assaulted. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Assaulted. <laughs> that was really good, actually. <laughs> you should have intended that one because that was really good. Uh, <laughs> but Aristone, you know, because it's uh, because it's matured by the sea, they're saying that the uh, that the salt uh, ocean water uh, has an effect on the taste, and undoubtedly, it does. Um, Allegedly, un- undoubtedly. It does have an effect on the taste, right? Yes, it has to. I mean, I mean, how could it not? Made and distilled, the area, the water. I mean, like Professor Shane has said, the air, the water, the region, all has makes up. I mean, that's why all the bourbon that's made in Tennessee tastes like shattered dreams and dismay. Well, I mean, with a lot of <laughs> very true, um, but with a lot of them, I mean, they're trying to set you up to get you in this like state of mind, possibly of like what you're expecting. So when they're trying to like the rolling hills and the dew and everything else, I mean, you know, they're trying to set you up for what they want you to taste and what they want you to feel while you're tasting that, and. I'm feeling it right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, how many of them are going to sell if they just said, and we store this in our dank, moldy warehouse? Yeah, that would be a problem. (laughs) So So that's where marketing comes in. You know, marketing says you can't say that because nobody's going to buy it. But we also decided that after the first episode, we weren't going to read the boxes first because the boxes tell you what to taste. And we thought maybe that would kind of put the the information in your head so we've been able to the last two episodes two and three we've tried to taste them before we read the box to see if what they said matches what we get exactly and and i recommend that method for anybody who is kind of borderline on becoming you know more interested in scotch and you're kind of saying well what's this all about 
you know, if you buy a special bottle of scotch, don't read the box. Crack it open, take the cork, rub it on your hand. I know it sounds weird and perverted. And then you rub your hands together, right? And then you smell your hands. And it's really... (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, so that I was being lewd. Th- there's a whole yeah. There's things going new? on in the background. We're what's trying to make Jay that? laugh and derail him. And Sorry. it worked. It worked. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, but so that whole process kind of primes your palate. It lets you know what the scotch is going to taste like, and you don't have to necessarily read the box to get your own flavor profiles. And what I think is very interesting is when you start trying to 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 pinpoint and associate those flavors that you're getting how they match up with what's on the box that's really interesting to me and i mean i mean the cost of that one i mean it's it's manageable it's what 38 to like 42 or something like that i don't think it was oh it, i don't even think it was that much for me i mean i oh, really? i bought that one in uh uh lock lock loman yeah i bought those together and it didn't send me back that much i think it was under 60 so yeah it's about right but yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about real dollars here because that's what we do. I mean, uh, New Hampshire has uh, the state liquor and wine outlets, which are very fine and very well run. And uh, they have a good uh, product selection and you don't have to worry about going into a a packy. You know, when you go into to Massachusetts, hey, I got to go to the packy. OK, yeah. Some guy, you know, smoking a cigarette behind the counter, you know, he's like, yeah, what are you looking for? No, no, no. You know, we don't do that up here in New Hampshire. We have these nice, almost Walmart-esque in in nature, really. like just well, no greeters. No greeters, and if it's not on the shelf, they will actually try and help you. Whereas in Walmart, if you say, hey, do you have this? If it's not on the shelf, we don't have it. That's I, what they say in Walmart. No, and I mean, with the, the New Hampshire liquor and wine outlets, I mean, they're all try and find it and they'll oh, search yeah. in other stores like hey do you have this here and oh well let me call this store they want you to buy the booze they want you to buy it and they will work hard yeah but it's it's trying to get people to kind of understand and craig craig wants to say something <laughs> no, no, really no, no, bad no. i was just gonna say i embrace all my massachusetts friends and neighbors <laughs> oh you really you're gonna do that to me now <laughs> There's I, nothing hey, wrong with a packy. Hey, I grew up in Massachusetts, so... It's okay. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> I you was know, there. Maine has something I similar. I lived that life. <laughs> well, it's just... So back to what we were saying. Thanks, Craig. Um, but it's, it's trying to get people to see, like, you don't have to spend an ex- absorbent amount of money, you know, 60 to $80, to consider it a good bottle of scotch. Right, um, right, right, right. I mean, earlier today, because I like smokier scotch. Uh, so you've already been drinking today? Maybe. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, you show up here and you're like, hey, guys, you know, like everything's new. And so what were you drinking earlier? Um, so I had some McClellan's, which mm-hmm. is an Islay scotch, and that's very manageably cheap. I mean, it's the same uh, price point, I'd say, as uh, Spaber and probably a little cheaper. Sure. Um, but that's an Islay, very smoky, um, super smooth. So um, they- And then chased it with some uh, special uh, Lagavulin, 11-year. Wow. 
So I think it's important to say that price does not dictate what you like. I mean, it's uh, I'll put it down to the lowest common denominator. You like what you like. It doesn't matter if it's 60. It doesn't matter if it's, well, if it's $10, it's probably not good. But, mm, yeah. you know, you like what you like. Sometimes you get what you pay for. Right. Yeah. But I think it's important for the people who are listening to know, you know, Tomatin is usually 40, but you can get it on sale at not a packy, but a New Hampshire wine and liquor outlet for, you know, in the 20s if they're running a special. Exactly. And and uh, the best example of that is Spayburn, which was on sale for $18, which is unheard of. Which yeah. is normally? For do you know? I think I, I think the most expensive I saw it was probably twenty six. Yeah, I was going to say okay. mid mid twenties. Sure. But, but to have a really good quality, good tasting single malt for under twenty dollars—that's unheard of. I don't I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, that's that is good whiskey. We're talking about Spayburn, by oh, the yeah, way. Definitely. Okay, Professor Shane. So you're saying single malt. Is there double malt? Is there triple malt? Like, I don't know. I'm asking you this question. Jane and go. I would say there would only be single malt. And then, because that's single malt, single batch. This is what was made. This There's no other additives or anything else, like, done to this. There's there's no other years of, like... So so, blended versus single? Yeah. So when you get into a blended... Okay, now I get it. I get it. Okay. When you have the blended... Say people end up having a run and they're storing it, and it's they have a large quantity of it. It's a nine-year-old scotch, mm-hmm. so that's fine. They can sell it the way it is. Possibly they want to send it to a blend, and they have this nine-year-old, and then they have this three-year-old. So if they're going to market it towards, and they have a date on it, okay, of the year, it goes by the youngest. So I, so if you're mixing or blending. A nine-year-old and a three-year-old, which a lot of times they'll blend multiple uh, scotches together. Okay. So if you end up having a nine and a three, yeah, you're drinking a three-year-old scotch. Oh. Well, because well, say if <laughs> like your father, are you drinking vodka with a splash of water, or is it is it water with a splash of vodka? Right. So you could end up having you know sell it as a nine-year-old, but really maybe you're just putting a little bit in there. And that kind of, like, helps keep people honest, I would, I would assume. But, I mean, that's one of their other, like, you know, they have rules and everything else for it. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing I would think is if you put a three and a nine, you'd end up being a six just because you're mixing them. But you go by the oh, wow. youngest. Oh, wow. you're doing math. But you, but you see what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, right? I do, yeah. And this is why we... Uh, the, the average of three and nine is six. We should have, for people who want to know things, you should write in... To the Facebook page, to the iTunes, where you can write as Ask the Professor. <laughs> and Professor Shane will answer your questions about scotch. You're putting a lot of pressure on me. I just want to get a teacher to check your math. <laughs> and don't forget, it's he's rough, devastatingly it's handsome. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so they've almost finished off half a bottle of scotch already. That's why they say they, he says. Oh, no, no, no. I'm on my first class. Oh, nay, nay. Says the guy who 
already said he was drinking <laughs> earlier with Clan McGregor. Mm, yeah. Well, that's uh, okay. Lager wool under my clowns. That's okay. You know, there's no rules here. Oh. <laughs> Clan McGregor, I would remember that. I'm sorry. That have that, you had that. Clan McGregor? You know, I haven't. <laughs> we will. Uh, I will try to find the smallest I'm, amount of Clan McGregor I can. I'm sorry. I realized the error of my ways. If someone has listened to one of the previous podcasts, they will know exactly how he feels about Clan McGregor. <laughs> well, so so. <laughs> well, on the opposite, that was, on the that opposite was my spectrum mistake. of that, on the opposite spectrum of that, if you if you are listening to this podcast and you want us to review and try a bottle of scotch email us through or message us through our facebook page three guys in a dram that's facebook right. and itunes that's right so our friend martin um who's probably gonna end up being a special guest here sometime i hope next next podcast number four hopefully martin's here <laughs> so he ends up making it a rite of passage um that if anybody's going to end up drinking at his bar um, that's within his house that they have to have a shot of Clan McGregor. Oh, Jesus. And me, it's it's just paint thinner. I use it to clean with. I don't recall why. Do it, why? I don't recall doing that, but I remember that red bottle with... Oh, that Japanese. Oh, that Japanese. Oh, oh Japanese. Yeah. That's no good. I don't know it was what like it is. F- fermented persimmon or something like that. It is... Probably one of the most awful tasting things. <laughs> and Craig actually drank it because I never drank it. I smelled it and I said, I'm not drinking that. There's just no way. The smell is awful. Is the smell better or worse than the way it tastes? The way it smells is about the way it tastes. It smells like a rotting deer carcass. <laughs> and it tastes just about the same if you were to lick a dead deer on the side of the road, I think. Which we have never done. I just wanted to. I <laughs> yes. wanted to qualify. Yes, that. but it smells. We are exactly in New Hampshire, but we don't lick uh, roadkill on the side of the road. Um, yeah, that that stuff is. Uh, oh, it's 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 the roughest. I don't think it had any English. It was a words on uh, it. Vertical line dash horizontal line vertical line <laughs> dash dot dot looked like a J ish maybe. No, okay. No. Well, all right. Well. Either way, it was really bad. Uh, but anyway, Martin, we can put a picture of that. Oh my goodness, um, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Craig has a uh, picture of the bottle just to to remember what not to drink or smell or go anywhere near. Never, ever, ever taste this ten year. It, what does it say? It says Jiangsu <laughs> King's Luck Brewery. Oh, that's where it's made. Other than that, it has no English words on it, and it's just not good. All those symbols mean, if you drink this, you're a stupid American idiot. (laughs) (laughs) If you even go near this or smell it, you're just... You sucker. (laughs) Is it scotch? I do not know. All of that? What is it? It's just a liqueur. Oh, oh, I yeah, thought it was so. a whiskey, like a scotch whiskey. No, it's not a scotch whiskey at all. Martin said it was like a a, a a Japanese whiskey. 
He will tell you anything to get you to drink it. That son of a bitch. I want him on here. <laughs> Next episode, I'm going to grill him. I'm going to grill him. I'm going to put the, the bright lights on him. He, he'll have to... Interrogate sh- the suspect. Well, he's not showing up with that, but he can show up with some Clan McGregor, though. Well, so that was, my, that was to my point. Well, I mean, should we end up having, if we do have special guests, a rite of passage? They need to bring something. Oh, they have, bring to, something, they have to bring something and try something. Everybody has to try something. If you want to be right. on this award-winning podcast, I mean, frankly, it is award-winning. We, oh, it's gold. They need to bring something. Podcast gold. Yeah. They need to bring something. So, you know, next guest, Martin wants to come, he needs to bring something. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but it can't be Clan McGregor. So you, you're saying you can buy your way onto this podcast, oh, is what you're saying? absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no question. There, there is nothing that money can't buy when it comes to this podcast. Everybody's just thinking about that for a minute. What did Jay just say? Everybody's what did Jay just say? Did he just hook me into something bad? <laughs> Everybody's letting that sink in. We're, we can all be bought. Mm. <laughs> That's the way we work up here in New Hampshire. Yeah. I got firewood to buy. I got deer carcasses to slay. and uh, So you've taken up hunting, have you? Hell no. <laughs> it's the one I found on the side of the road that you were trying to lick. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Well, you know, they're free. <laughs> do, you, do you tan the hide as well, sir? And yeah, well, you know, in this town, there's a special uh, group like you can sign up to be on a calling list if there's a roadkill. Yes, and I think that's throughout the state, actually. It, it, okay, great, New Hampshire, right? Yeah, throughout the state, so you can get on this call list, and if there's a animal uh, that happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, you can. Uh, you can be on the call list, and they'll call you, and you go and collect your bounty. Animal and, versus uh, car. animal versus car. It's already tenderized. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's oh yeah, that's tender. That's the meat you want to try. No, it's a you know what? It's it's a it's an honest way to get some good free food. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because my wife. Uh, hit a deer um, a couple of years ago in her uh, Hyundai, and she had a nice Hyundai. Actually, it was a it was a really decked out Elantra Sonata. Yeah, and it was a hybrid, so it had that big battery, and oh. it got like fifty eight miles to the gallon. The thing was awesome, right? So she's coming home uh, with my older son in the back seat, and a deer actually ran out and hit the car like didn't go in front of the car just ran into the ran into the to the passenger front quarter of the car that's crazy and uh and of course you know my my wife you know pulled over and was freaking out and my son was freaking out and said oh my god we just hit a deer you know i'm like well where are you well we're in town and my son said, Mom, you need to call the police. So the police showed up before I even got there. And uh, the officer on the scene 
uh, determined that the deer was still alive. Uh, that was going to be my question. Yes, yes. And dispatched uh, the deer uh, in a very... Uh, humane way. Uh, humane, but abrupt. Uh, meaning uh, he didn't really give fair warning to my wife or my son. So they were kind of like, holy crap, what is happening, you know? Uh, so anyway, back to circle around to what we were talking about before. That deer, perfectly good meat. My wife killed it, right? Here you go. Here's well, a present. Maybe that deer was committing suicide. He ran into the side after all. Could be. He could, he could yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So, <laughs> Shane, you've been really quiet because you're just kind of like seeing where it goes. Well, I've just been itching and I'm, I'm, I keep thinking about that. By the way, $6,000 of damage on my wife's car, by the way. Company I was working at, um, my buddy was in the truck. There was a crew cab. He picked up a bunch of people on the way into work. He calls me and says, hey, we hit a deer. He says, we're going to be minus one. One individual will not come into work. He's he, he's done for the day. I'm like, all right. So trying to figure out if anybody was injured or not. And uh, the truck shows up. <laughs> and you can see where one headlight was taken out. The fender was kind of pushed in a little bit. And you can see where, like, the deer, like, spun around. So one of the guys was probably ripping butts in the, uh, <laughs> the crew cab part of it had his window down it was sitting close out to the edge and when the deer ended up hitting <laughs> the front of the truck and it spun around so the ass end of it hitting the passenger side of the, <laughs> the driver's oh car. no oh no he screamed like oh shit or something like that but he had his mouth open <laughs> oh no <laughs> the back end of the deer when it hit his mouth was open Fecal matter from the deer came out, oh, hit him in the no. face, and caught him in the mouth. So they ended up bringing him to the doctor. He's all worried about getting some type of disease. That guy, I bet you to this day, that guy does not smoke in the truck anymore. That guy doesn't That work. window is up. Well, it was, uh, he was constantly called shit mouth, but... <laughs> See, see, if you live in rural America, whether it be New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, wherever, Colorado, somebody has a deer versus car story. If it was a dog or, you know, somebody's domestic animal, then, yeah, you know you need to stop. So here's an interesting story. As you say, dog, would you think you'd have to stop for a cat? Hell yeah. Okay, so when I was... Mm, a new driver myself now we're talking probably 30 years ago a friend of mine Greg and his friend Chris were driving a box van because they were moving something for okay. the family yeah yeah hit a cat yeah they they went to the police station and said hey we hit a cat and they said yeah we don't care about cats <laughs> I mean Honest truth, that's exactly what they said. They said, thank you for stopping and so, telling so us. So what year was this? So that'd be like 1990. Yeah, okay, 90s. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's changed in 30 years, but back in the day, it was, you hit somebody's dog, yeah. you absolutely have to stop. Cats don't matter. You hit a cat, it's like hitting a raccoon. I'm sure that doesn't apply now. So, so well, they have nine lives. 
Ha. He spent every single one that day. Yeah, all nine of them. Yeah. Probably got used up. You know what they used to say about the... the, uh, the New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire State flour or whatever was the satellite dish. You know, those big, huge satellite. You, I believe it's the purple lilac, Jay. Oh, thank you very much for that. Uh, so now, you know, Dollar General. Like, that's becoming the New I Hampshire. Think right. I think it's the purple finch, not purple lilac. I don't know what you're. I don't. I'm not into flowers. Was it Lady Slipper? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Craig, look it up. Lady Slipper. If only we had the interlux. Lady Slipper. Shane yeah. said Lady Slipper. That is a legit flower, Jay. I know it is. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you just... There are no bounds to what you know. Or just what, What's your favorite, favorite flower, Shane? Oh, I was right. It's the purple lilac. Hmm. So what are the other ones? What? The... So that's just a flower. I mean, do they have like another like state plant? State the state, the state tree is the white birch. I know that. That was a gray birch. Oh, you son of a gun! You got to look that up now. Hold on. So Shane, what's your favorite flower? My favorite flower, jeez, probably a hibiscus. White birch. Oh, I'm proven wrong. Two for two. Boom. Hibiscus. Hibiscus. Mm. Yeah. Nice. That's complicated. It yeah. is a answer I did not expect. Mm. Yeah, true. This podcast brought to you by Cheese It Brand Cheez Its. Cheez Its made with real cheese. <laughs> I think the podcast is almost over. I hate to say it, but I mean, you know, we we've uh, reviewed the scotch, and I think overall, all three of us really like it. This is a winner. Um, Double thumbs up for everyone. I believe I'm not speaking for anybody, but. Yeah, Jay. Yeah. Oh, Jay. yeah. I Double mean, thumbs. Being Highland, uh, it's ultra smooth. Uh, there's hardly any smoke or peat flavor to it. Um, there's lots of complex uh, fruit and vanilla and uh, what I think is citrus, although it didn't say it on the box. But you know what? I don't go by the box, so whatever. Um, but I think it's uh, a really nice, drinkable uh, enjoyable uh, flavor. And they do have one that I want to say that they came out with recently that it's a 12 year but they end up having it's it's peated so it's it's smoked. It's got a little smoke um, to it. Yep. I haven't seen that one. Hope, hopefully we'll be able to get that in America but hmm. Well you know that's something for uh, Timotin to consider. Uh, these, these flavors uh, by the way are brought to us by uh, the finishing and the sherry, I think. I think the sherry cask has a lot to do with that uh, flavor. Um, you know, as opposed to some of the other ones that we've tried that haven't been finished in sherry, uh, that sherry flavor, uh, you know, talk about fruit, I mean, what what is sherry? You know, it's grapes. I, I have an aunt named Sherry. Oh, how nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great hypothesis to see if going forward that we like scotches that are made in sherry casks. Yeah, so that that can't be an easy process because they transfer it and, you know, then let it age more in a different cask. Um, I can tell you from experience that me personally, I do like 
the uh, complexity of the different casks as opposed to, you know, either single cask or single and then charred. Um, you know, those sherry casks really do add a flavor. Uh, Shane had mentioned before that they do use uh, port casks. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's yeah. port amorosos. Um, I've seen the rums, the IPAs. Oh, so yeah, crossing over to beer. Yeah, so now, you I know, mean, that's the yeah. new thing now is a lot of times they'll end up putting an IPA cast. But, you know, but stay, I haven't had any of that yet. Staying away from the beer ones, you know, you, you got the sherry, you have the port, and Amoroso, and what else? Oh, rum, rum. Rum, Yes, yeah. you did yeah. say rum. Uh, so rum would be a whole different flavor profile, I would I, think. I was listening. I was looking at you. I got caught up in your eyes and i well, forget what you were saying i have been told i have I, I have been told i have a nice voice so <laughs> and <yeah>. hypnotic eyes <laughs> <laughs> no but the rum thing with you know being sugar based wow but like that must really change a lot of the flavor profile being so it takes the uh, the sugars and everything else that's out of the wood naturally. So I wonder how that ends up adding more flavor in general. Because I've had the uh, Belvini Caribbean casks. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe if we do that, we should maybe end up trying to do like just a regular like ten or twelve year Belvini, and then one with that's Caribbean cask. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know they have one that's uh, virgin oak also. We can get uh, Jack Sparrow here. <laughs> See what he thinks about it. Yeah, Somebody the- drank all the rum. <laughs> so I, I like this hypothesis to see if sherry casks are a win for everybody. And if you have a charcoal cask, like a Loch Lomond has charcoal, right? Well, a lot of them, they, they end up re um, whatever the casks themselves. It just depends on how much you know, fire and everything else for the charring inside that they end up putting to it. Right. So for me, if Loch Lomond I did not really care for, and that had charcoal, I wonder if we're starting to see the delineation, like the sherry casks with the fruit, that was a win. The Loch Lomond for me, with a little bit of that feeling like it was earthy and charcoal-based, is not a win for me. Like, as we talk hypothesis... Yeah, to clarify, Loch Lomond is not finished in sherry casks, and it's a whole different uh, flavor profile. So, it's a different animal. Some say a stag. So a lot of everything with like the smoked flavors, a lot of them are way less complex. It's mm-hmm. just, you, you get some bite to it, and it, it's a smoothness coming down. And a lot of it with that is you'll either feel it front of your mouth, back of your mouth, you feel it coming up through your nose, back of your throat coming down and I mean it's I mean I think that would be something um, great to do when we end up having Martin alright and one of the ones that that we drink which is a really good staple is the Talisker Storm Mm. Um, which I think is it's right around like $40 oh that's that's reasonable well I'm I'm liking the the journey (laughs) this podcast the third podcast I'm finally Feeling like oh, I felt some some fruit taste around my 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 tongue. Last one, it was all I tasted was burning. Like there's, I'm starting to develop that 
So how that much feel and taste and how much scotch did you drink before? It's exciting. None, because the ones I had I didn't like. I think I think maybe we touched upon that on podcast one. Yeah. That I really the ones that I've tried were just yeah, they didn't do it for me. But a lot of them, I mean, it was just like the run of the mill what you would yeah, get in, bl- blended in, in a bar or, or blend yeah. or anything. Yeah. It had that peat moss sort of smell and feel and taste, and that didn't work for me. So this is exciting. So, I mean, is this helping you at all? Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I have the professor here. How can it not help me? <laughs> but you're learning to, like, enjoy it a little it, bit more. It, help, and... help is a relative term. <laughs> <laughs> We're on this journey together. That's, That's right. right. Good. My, my theory is that the sherry cask is what you, as do I, uh, appreciate. Like you feel you 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 taste that difference. Is that what you appreciate about it? I appreciate that about you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that is a fair assessment as of today. Sherry Cask is the winner. All right. Well, we'll see. So maybe next uh, podcast we'll do one that's not Sherry. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe uh, one of the the Islay. Uh, brands, you know, the, one of the, the Islay flavors that you uh, recommend, I mean, Shane. I got a lot of smoke in a cabinet. <laughs> um. I'm not suggesting you bring one from your cabinet. Just, just shoot out a name, and you know, we'll we'll procure one for the podcast. Absolutely. And just to reiterate, anybody who's listening that wants us to try anything, you can hit us up on P. JD Podcast. You can hit us up there. You can hit us up on iTunes and you can hit us up on Three Guys in a Dram, the Facebook page. If you want us to try anything, if you want to give us feedback, anything of that nature, if you want to say, have a question for the professor, we might have a, a new feature where it's Ask the Professor. And it only makes us get better. Absolutely. We all grow in this scenario, I think. Uh, and we still will do uh, happy birthdays to you, to your uh, Aunt Gertrude. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys are great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up by saying salud. And thank you for joining us. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>